UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty turns, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another fascinating guest with me today. I think this is the third time she's been on my show. I first found out about her when she was on the Leap Project with Rex, and she's really become someone who, in a good way, challenges our history, challenges the history of our solar system, um, uh, provides evidence of the electric universe theory, and who I'm talking about is Tess Clark. She uh, says in her bio she has an inquisitive and skeptic mind. She's an independent researcher, self-published author, artist, web designer, video producer, stargazer, philosopher, and nature lover. She has traveled the world and lived in several countries in North America and Europe. She believes traveling and living overseas has allowed her to get a better understanding of human culture. Um, she has a background in art, a bachelor's, a consultant of green and toxic, non-toxic interiors, edible gardens, and living off-grid. She's fluent in many languages, English, Spanish. She can read some Italian, French, Swedish, and Latin. And her journey began in the 20s when she traveled to India, New York, and Mexico to study Hatha Yoga and meditation. And it, she's just an amazing person. And her website is mythosdecoded.com. And, uh, and it's Tess Clark. And I want to give her a big warm welcome to the show. Tess, thank you for joining me again. How are you? I can't hear you. Oh, wait, you're muted. <laughs> hello, Robert, and hello, everyone. Um, thanks for having me back. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing good. And I guess but one of the things that is like a hot topic right now is like the simulation theory. So I guess we could just start off with and jump into that. Like, um, I know there's a lot of people talking about it. I've had a lot of people on my show to talk about it, but I like to get your opinion on it because you, you have a good, great background and understanding in this stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Well, that's a very good question. A lot of people are talking about this very hot subject and topic. And um, I guess it all started with the movies of the matrix and uh, what was the, what was the other one? Avatar, Avatar, and then the Matrix, right? Yeah, and there's, are... there's other ones too, I think. I just yeah, can't. Yeah, I think there's several ones. Yes, exactly. Where people are like, hmm, okay, are we, are we being, are we, are we real or are we like in a video kind of computer game? You know, is it a hologram? What is going on? And one thing that I have found is that, um, there, one of the tactics of MK Ultra and mind controlled. I don't know if you know anything about the, the Travis Stock Institute. Institute. Yes, so, that was over in London, London right? Uh, David Ike pointed first pointed them out, right? They did mind control experiments, correct? Yeah, and they worked in Canada, United States. I mean, they were everywhere, well, every country. And um, basically, well, yeah, they did all kinds of things. But they would like reprogram people, and uh, they would do like mass experiments on the population, like the well since back in time um who was it it was i think the rockefellers yeah well it was the rockefellers they um remember the world of the worlds the war of the worlds that was going on in the 50s i guess during the war after the war where they were and that was in britain right in london i think people were listening to the radio and suddenly they started playing these um kind of scenario of alien invasion and people were freaking out and then it they turned out to be just a, a program, a television program, um, but people were reacting, you know, panicking. And that was an experiment to see how the populations would react and to different things, to different scenarios. So I have a feeling that we are under the same type of mass experiment with 
their movies. I mean, you know, the TV, like the name says programming and movies, they, they were all really created to not to mimic reality, but to create reality. And we don't really, we, you know, people until we started learning about it, we had no idea. We were just, I mean, I grew up watching TV as, as a child and watched all kinds of cartoons and shows and garbage and good stuff and just all kinds of course and news, but all kinds of movies. And what I think is going on is that they have implanted these suggestions. It's like, it's called the power of suggestion. These ideas in people's minds that this is the way things are. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's very interesting because it also, these, all these movies come at the time when computers are widely available. So software programming and computer programs and all this that digital era is a fact uh, or it's something that we talk about before we never talked about this so it wasn't in our minds they didn't they didn't really put it like these they did some movies like metropolis i don't know if you remember metropolis i don't remember that it was a silent movie check it out because it was like a futuristic movie and it was black and white just uh, music there was no no sound yet um the sound was added um Kind of like yeah just kind of like music there was no people talking yeah so it was like the silent era was it like you did it like cover like simulation theory or like a futuristic version of our reality well it was showing you um pretty much like robots like robots like ai just, right like that would be yeah, like yeah yeah like looking into the future and this very futuristic time of um People, I can't remember exactly now, but it's a very cool movie. Just, it's, I'm sure it's on YouTube, uh, Metropolis, silent era movie. I was and, thinking about this. Uh, like, if we're, I'm sorry, I'm, I didn't mean to. I was thinking, like, what is AI to us if we are it, of the, a program ourselves? You know what I mean? Or is that, is that just a pro, that would just be a program of a program? Because they're the we're the program, and we're we're making a program. It's it's weird, well, that's right? That's a good question. Yes, I think I think this is all. See, I think artificial intelligence it's not as intelligent as they tell us. It's more like a very smart machines and programs, but they're made by people. They're not made by the computers. Now, what I think is going on is that they're blending. The, that's what they're trying to do. They're blending the technology with the brain of people. So it's a bio entity so it's not when you know like transhumanism now yeah. that is different that is different that is of course it's intelligent because the brain the human brain is incredible and they've been they have been trying to simulate it or make copies of it and allegedly according to a, a gentleman that called me and talked to me talked to me about his father who had been in the 60s um working with um some you know obscure uh, secret stuff with the government on regarding AI and these giant uh, brains, like the size of um, a living room. He said, "They um, now everything is very compartmentalized. Remember, people that work on these things, they don't know everything. They're they're like he was like this computer programmer. So that's in the '60s. Um, it's pretty way back." And uh, so they only know so much. And honestly, I also think that they are given wrong information. So they, if they laid out anything, the cat out of the bag, then they said the wrong information because people tend to tell. <laughs> I don't know. So, and I know people that have been in the military and they tell me things that they allegedly they heard. And this was like nonsense. It's like Sitchin. Like this guy was selling me Sitchin's book like narrating Sitchin's book and he hadn't read them. And I'm like, oh, geez. Okay. All right. Sure. It's almost and like, it's almost like uh, what would happen with Bob Lazar, right? Like if you, uh, you know, I'm really into ufology, ufology. And, mm -hmm. and like, it seems like Bob Lazar was telling the truth, but he might've been given some misinformation as well. Like if you really follow this story, it seems like he never like, like, like lied about his story. And, you know, there, there was those guys, they would get him, Bob Lazar and like Jim, uh, Jim Goodall and uh, 
John Lear, rest in peace, they would, they would all go out to the desert and they would know the times when the government would fly UFOs. Like they would know when they would fly UFOs. They, they would pull up lawn chairs and go watch them at Area 51. So it's like, it's weird, but do, there might've been some misinformation there too. What do you think? And does, does oh, it- completely. I think that, listen, this is, we have been lied to since the beginning of time. They're not just going to tell us the truth. They're not because this is their turf. Space is their turf. And I do believe that there are beings out there and there's aliens, which actually seems like they came here 6,000 years ago. And it's quite obvious in the text, if you believe the text um, and they believe it. The people see some people are funny because they're like, oh, no, this is all BS. No, it's not true. Well, if you just listen to the royals talk about themselves and see what paintings and things they have in their homes, in their mansions, they, and they say it, they come from these people. So, and they're different from us. So it's not if we believe it or not, they believe it. So that's something important to take into consideration, but you, you, you don't have a problem with that. Did we ever talk about, I know I talked with uh, Paul Wallace about this and I thought this was amazing. I'm sure, you know, Paul, he's an Anunnaki researcher like you, like, but he told me that in his book, I think it was like Echoes of Eden or Escaping from Eden, whatever. Um, he said that he was contacted by Iraqi soldiers who had told him that they thought that they were going to Iraq for one mission, but then they were given like a special operation to recover, uh, art, you know, artifacts. So it's almost like the deep state was trying to cover up the history like they didn't want us to find out do you think that's true or what do you what do you I mean, because i know there's a lot of information but i think paul's pretty credible but what would you say to that well definitely they have been looking for a lot of ancient technology in iraq and everywhere they because they know it's there i mean there ibilakovsky talked about the shamir and all these the flying carpet and all these things that were supposed to exist so of course these people want to get to to this stuff and they want to keep it for themselves they don't want other people to their their tribal enemies to get a hold of it so yes there's definitely that's yes and there's technology in antarctica and i think all of it is true but then i think what happens is that they need to smear the truth with a lot of disinfo so innocent people that either get abducted or or, or get gang stalk like like mind control like put information in their heads because they've been doing this too they honestly think they're telling the truth, but they're not. They are being, they are being played, and they don't even know it. So we all are get played, and so I'm always really skeptical of everything I hear that people just come come out and, and talk about. Or maybe like you know, there's pieces of truth here and there mixed with this info. So you have to hear everyone and try to put what makes sense together. And there might be a breakaway civilization. Of course, yes, because there's a secret space program. Of course, I, I believe that. Now, that's another thing that people that come out and talk about the, the secret space program, they could be, again, mind control. They could be like their minds reprogrammed. I mean, they do this, especially if they're in the military. They do this. They've been doing that. They take people in the hospital. It happened to this guy. Uh, what's his name? The singer just now that is losing all his money talking bad about his handlers you know oh the my actor God. The, the singer yeah. I, I don't know i don't i don't follow a bunch of the, the husband of kim kardashian oh kanye yeah he's having a rough time <laughs> right now right yes yes did you hear what he's been saying he actually came out and said that he had been taken to the hospital well he that was kind of in the news in 2016 he was there for two weeks or so and after he came out from there he had amnesia and that's one of the mind control things that they do. They, they go and repattern people's brain. They give them amnesia and then they put messages in there. I mean, they can do all crazy stuff with chemicals and with electricity. They get electroshocks and all kinds of horrible things. They play uh, audio and they create new memories. But now they're doing that also, also via the internet with nanotechnology in you know that it's in our bodies we're filled up with metals um all kinds of metals no, is that what rapidly. they call nanoworms and like toxiplasma is that what you're talking about um i think that maybe it's what people call black goo i think they just don't know the real name but it's like stuff that gets formed into shapes with electromagnetic fields it's just probably different metals and including graphene which is oxide which is based on carbon 
a carbon-based um, element and they can make them move and some people say they have intelligence but i don't think that they are like intelligent that they can follow uh feel um fields of electromagnetic fields so they can tend to want to go to the brain for example sometimes they get stuck in the different organs as well but i think that's what they're doing now and that's their goal and that's what everything that is happening lately that's their goal they just want to basically control everything just like they were doing before with chemicals and uh well maybe electroshocks but that was kind of like the wrong way of using electricity that was just to erase um we're going back to the simulation so anytime you see something in a movie or a tv show you should really think about why are they putting this out and i would be suspicious of why are they putting this out so what i'm trying to get to is that part of the part of their goal is transhumanism and people that have the transhumanist agenda is that there's no sex or the sex is fluid people can feel a man one time a, a woman another time and maybe a unicorn or some animal i don't know oh my god that's made. insane <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and also they don't have like uh um, identity of um, nationwide, why? So they are like everyone's mixed. That's why everyone, everyone mixed. So it's just like you don't really know who you are, and that's part of the computer stuff. It's all like aimed to the computer and the internet of things and the internet of bodies, which includes humans. So I'm really suspicious of all this simulation and simulacrum theories. I think they're just trying to make us believe that what they want us to believe things are the way that they are but but it's not it's that's their message or their subliminal message in all these movies and tv shows well, what i wanted to ask you is how are you discerning what's true is it are you just taking what resonates with you because i know you study the ancient texts a lot and i know you talked to me and you said those can be manipulated how are you knowing like where where, where i know you studied valkovsky and Diodorus and uh and you know like I'd like to know like are they true sources and 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 you know what I'm trying to say how do we know what's corrupted and like do you just like take what resonates with you or like how do you well you have to go and read as many books as you can to start with okay most original text as you can as further back as you can and then you put try to look at the big picture so i know details can be changed because usually the winners change the stories and they say they change things and with catastrophes or they said we well for example i'm going to give you a very small example of like history books the way we read them and then the way that the na um, natural philosophers would write them down or the ancient historians would write them down and then how you can spot the difference and what is the bs so if you look at all our history, that everything that we are taught in school, everything that you hear on the news, everything that you see on movies, the Hollywood movies, or even documentaries. So they'll say, um, let's say, let's talk about the Library of Alexandria, for example, which is very well known and it's kind of ancient, but there's also a lot of history throughout the whole, you know, uh, 20th century that the same thing. And I have, made videos that they have changed the history and they have hidden the catastrophes caused by comets and electrical interactions. And in 1921, there are some examples, but going back to the Library of Alexandria. So that was three, um, no, that was the year 48 BC. In 46 BC, well, in 48 BC, Julius Caesar changed the calendar. Why did he change the calendar? because there was catastrophes. And at that time we were close to Jupiter, but we also interacted with Venus. Venus came by in 43 BC. That's the year that they recorded coming by. And Julius Caesar, when he died, he was portrayed as ascended, as turning into becoming the planet Venus. And he built a temple to Athena or Venus or whatever the name of uh, Venus was then, because it changes, the, the names change, and change depending on the females that rule of that bloodline because there's also females and males that are ruling representing the planets it's not only astrotheology and so 
the year 48 BC, when you read about the Library of Alexandria, it was burned down. Oh, okay. And what did they say? That Julius Caesar accidentally burned it down or that it was burned down on purpose because there was a civil war and the civil war was happening because of the catastrophes, which they don't, they don't mention that. And then the library got burned down because of conflagrations caused by Venus or the whatever other comments were around, but probably by Venus around that time. So, so that's the part that they hide. They're never yeah. going to acknowledge and then they're just going to blame for the catastrophes, their enemies or themselves. The same thing happened during the lifetime of Nero. The same thing happened during the burning of the temples or the destruction of the temples of Jerusalem. They always blame it either on the enemies, on war or something else. But they never mention that there's the comets, the planets interacting. And when you go and read the history of the cometographers and Lakovsky and the mythologies, the dates are right there. The dates are right there of the catastrophes and you're like, oh, well, no wonder. Okay, so this is really what happened. And it's an example of changing history. But uh, So are, are you saying that they basically, because I'm new to like the, the, the history of the solar system and the, this kind of stuff, but like, so you're saying that, that our, that the cataclysms that came were the results of all incoming planets, like, and so when the planets come by, that causes disruption in our in our in our space right basically is that kind of what you're saying yes definitely earth and the planets interact they're close to each other it happened i mean it's it's like a story that i i just put out a video and i suggest you maybe you watch that and maybe your uh, viewers can go and watch it where i put all the history of my book that i have mythos and cosmogony but i also talk about after christ but in that time of, of that video i put a kind of a timeline of events in a chart so people can see them really easily and that's since 5200 bc approximately until the year zero or the birth of christ around that time and then uh, i put all the the list of planetary events linked to history like event key events in history or like the golden age and the iron age and the bronze age the sinking of atlantis um, the Exodus, um, the Solomon and Gomorrah um, events and uh, all kinds of events, the war of the, uh, let's see, the, what's the name, Spartans. And I talk about this guy, Alexander the Great, a little bit right there and the burning of the Library of Alexandria, for example, and other things that are, were key events. But yes, it's been like a roller coaster Earth has been a comet basically in the last, let's see, from the year 5000. And this is written history. We don't know before because there's no written history. So you can just speculate. It's all speculation. But what you can read about is from the year 5200 BC. And this counting goes by both the Saros of the Anunas uh, or the Sumerian people in the clay tablets and also by the Hebrew text and some of the yugas and the Chinese texts, which are very detailed as well. And so I combined those and then I put together a chronology of events, just like the Lekovsky did. But I also kept going after 500 BC, which is when the Lekovsky stopped and up to now, basically. So I have all those videos and all those books of events that have happened. I yes, got to check that out. a lot going on. What, what what I wanted to ask you was what what are some facts that we have about the Anuna? Because I know that I've read Sitchin, but I've also studied the tablets on Oxford University. So I know that well, a lot of what Sitchin was saying was right. Like, but it's also off too. Like, I, I think Matthew Croy pointed out that there wasn't no Nibiru, um, or maybe there wasn't a Nibiru, and maybe there wasn't gold mining. I'm, we're not sure of that, but you know, like you can read stuff like the Tale of Adapa, and that that's pretty straightforward. Is you know, like I, I read that on from many different translators, and and it seems to ring true. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know where the. What, 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 so I'm not sure as far as taking this to another level, where Sitchin was wrong, like if he was like real disinfo or if he just didn't know because maybe he was getting his translations from somewhere else. But like going back to my original question, what do you think that some facts are that we have about the Anuna that they, you know what I mean? Well, if you, well, there's been hundreds of skeletons found 
during the time of Gilgamesh, Nimpuabi, dug out by um, Woolley, Sir Leonard Woolley in 1921. And those are proof, they're proof. Now, Sitchin talked about that Nimpuabi was the sister of Gilgamesh. So if Ninpuabi's body is acknowledged, because this is what is acknowledged, there's, a, there's so much that is not acknowledged. Well, all the mummies to Tutankhamun and all these mummies in Egypt, those are the people, those are the Anunnaki, the, all the mummies from every single place. We talked about this, all the elongated skulls, all the mummies from every single uh, country, China, Egypt, Mexico, Indonesia, uh, where else? Uh, everywhere. They're, they're the people in every single continent. Every time they unbury it or take out one of these skeletons or bodies or what mummies, whatever, they do, of course, all the genetic testing, but they're not going to tell us. They don't like to tell us anything. Why are they going to tell us? They, they like to keep that for themselves. But Nimpuabi, of course, they didn't say she was a goddess. That's if you know the history, like Sitchin pointed out, she was a, a goddess. She was pure-blooded. Let's just call it pure blood. The origin negative blood people that, um, that came most probably from somewhere else, just because the blue eye, that's another thing, the blue eye, the light skin people appeared seven, around 7,000 um, years ago in the area of the Black Sea. So why would suddenly just blue eyes appear in one area? Not everyone. And they, some people say, well, it's a mutation. Well, if it was a mutation, why don't we all have blue eyes? It doesn't Wait, make any sense. I got a question. I, for, as far as like our known history, from what we know, I thought that our known history only went back to the Sumerians. But then we talk about Atlantis and Lemuria and, and Hyperborea and stuff like that. But where, where did you get this information that 7,000 years ago in the Black Sea, that's by Turkey, right? So that would be, so would that be like Gobekli Tepe? Or, or, or am I totally off here? Like, would that be no, the people? Ukraine. Who... Well, Ukraine is part, it's in the Black Sea, but it's, the Black okay. Sea goes around Armenia. It's, it's, a, it's like a big area. You have to see there's different countries surrounding it, but Ukraine, Armenia, I think Armenia, but Ukraine for sure, it's right there. And um, all these are genetic studies. If you go to my website under links and in my book, Mythos and Cosmogony, I have all the links of everything I say right there. That's awesome. So, I love that you provide proof. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So we have the blue eyes. Um, we have history of the Basque people talking about um, Tubal Cain, which was a son of Japheth, um, going to, well, 288 years after the flood, going to Iberia, founding Tarragona, and then the pyramids area, all that area established by him. And that's the Irish negative people that stayed isolated from the rest of the world. And that's why there is so such a high um, amount of Irish negative people there, O negative. And that's why I think they were O. That's why I'm saying that they were O. Otherwise, there would be no O people now because O is recessive. And there's a lot of royals that are O. So if there were A or B, there would be no O because O is recessive. It's, it always loses against an A or a B. So if a parent is A and the mom is B, I'm uh, sorry, A and the mom is O, the child would be B. The child would never, or very, very rarely, I think it's like, it shouldn't happen, shouldn't be O. But anyways, so the skeletons and um, um, Diodorus Siculus talks about the people that became known as gods and he calls them by different names. He talks about the history of Egypt. He talks about the history of Babylon. Uh, he doesn't call it Sumeria, but it's the descendants, you know, of, of the Sumerian people. Um, he talks about Greece. And in the text, they say he talked to the high priest. He went around these countries and he talked to the high priest. The high priest gave him the information. So he didn't write, just made it up. He talked in person. It's like if I'm interviewing you and you tell me about the history of your, you're the high priest and you give me your history and he was writing it down. And um, so he says that the, the people that was, yeah, the Atlanteans or the Egyptians, they went everywhere around the world and then they were conquering the world. So they didn't just stay in one place. And 
you just have to read the information. And I talk a lot about Diodorus because he has amazing information about Atlantis as well, where Plato talks about very well, it's not Plato, he's just telling you what this other guy told Solon told him. And um, it's like one third of the amount of what Diodorus tells you about the Atlanteans, which is very cool. <laughs> Can you talk about who Diodorus was and like a little bit more about Atlantis? Because that would be amazing. Like I, I, I didn't, I never looked into that. Sure, Diodorus Siculus was again all these historians and anyone famous from back in history, Plato and all of these people. They're all of the bloodlines. Don't forget. So they're just nobodies. They're somebody, and that's why they have the information. And those those books were not for us. Remember, they were for them to keep the information. But now because they made it into myth and they. People don't really study this information. They kind of like don't care. It's like out there for us to read. Um, so he was um, a pre well, he was a guy. I don't know if he was a pride priest or I can't remember not that, but he was a historian from Sicily, uh, 60 BC. That's when that's when he went around uh, Greece, Egypt, and Babylon and talked to these people. Herodotus is another one that's from around that time, I don't know, 200 BC, I can't remember, but it's BC. He also went around and wrote these stories down and it's amazing. And everyone should read those books because they're like better than science fiction and they actually have a lot of truth. And he explains, for example, Herodotus explains to you what the one-eyed people were, the, the Cyclops. He says- What? Are you serious? Yes, yes. For example, for example, the Scythians, this is really cruel, the Scythians used to have their slaves, the people that uh, in war were captured by them, they would blind them in one eye oh and they God. would break one leg. Mm -hmm. So they, couldn't, they, could, they could not escape, but they could do some type of work. So he explains it that way. Now, remember that there were also mutations way back when there was, um, uh, well, you would have to understand the history of Earth and the solar system, so this makes sense, otherwise it doesn't really make sense. But the, the thing is that Earth's atmosphere has changed and allegedly we could have been in the red plasma sheath of a red dwarf star, um, which could have been Uranus because, and I said Uranus because that was the main god, that was the, the, the father of the Anunas, Anu, Uranus, Janus for the Romans, Odanos um, for the Greek, and um, and he well, yeah, he was he was he was said to have known everything about the solar system. Well, not the solar system, but the the bodies around Earth, and he pronosticated many changes that would take place, and they did. And then when he died, he ascended and he was worshipped as the star, Uranus. That's the story that Diodorus gives you. So he's just explaining to you perfectly how astrotheology came about. And he tells you, he talks not only about Oranos, but other people that died and upon their death, they transmuted or became the planets. And they were worshipped as the planets, including Isis and Sirius or Osiris, which according to him might be Sirius. So do you think these gods really walked amongst men? And do you think they were men? Do you think they were human at some point? And, or maybe a different kind of human. That's why they have the, like the elongated skulls and the two rows of teeth. And right. And is that who we're talking about here? Can we, can we, can we link them to be the Anuna? And, and well, then... that's a very good question because they did not all look the same to start with. They could be the Denisovans and the Neanderthals, what we know as the Neanderthals and the Nisovans or the Nisovians or the Nisovans, um, and they were human-like. They were not shapeshifters. They were very much like us. They had a body and they would die. They would definitely die because that's what the, these people tell you. The historians tell you that they died. And I think even Sitchin tell, tells you that they died. They did not live forever. That's, that's the planets, that's the immortals. They would become the immortals. And even the, Greek, the Egyptians, tells you that they would become the immortals. The planets are immortal because obviously they're not people, so they don't die. Maybe they change and they die in billions of years or whatever, but they're not like humans who have a short span of life or lifespan. And um, they, they looked, uh, some of them were tall, some of them were shorter and stockier, very, very, um, well, you can look at the depictions of the, of 
the gods. Just look at the depictions. And it's interesting that the Greeks came later, of course. First were the Sumerians. And if you look at, for example, some of the statues of um, Baal from, I think it's from Assyria, they don't look like the Greek people. They look more, they have these big eyes, they're kind of skinny. Um, I think the Greeks made them, but remember that was later in time and there was mutations as well. Humans started shrinking, their eyes started getting smaller because we were not in the red plasma sheath anymore. And humans were changing, the skin was changing. Um, and uh, I got a question. Do you so do you believe in the vapor canopy theory then, or is or what are your thoughts on that? And because I heard that like if there's this whole vapor canopy theory where you know humans were able yeah. to grow like uh, unbelievable sizes, and I mean, does that line up with like what you talk about with the solar system and and stuff like that? Like, would that yes line with yes. your theory? Yes, the text, the Hebrew text, just like the Hindu text and all the texts that talk about a time when there was no suffering, um, when people didn't age, didn't get sick, um, and everything was really large in size. That was a time probably of the orbiting Uranus. We also orbited Jupiter for a short time. We were probably tidally locked to Jupiter. I know it sounds really crazy, but Pythagoras and the Pythagoreans who had the secret knowledge from the inherited from the Egyptians and Babylonians, they um, knew about this. And that's where they made their solar systems, the models that look so weird to us and geocentric or one is tidally locked to um, Jupiter, which is the great central fire or the tower of Jupiter. Well, Jupiter, it's telling you right there the name um we did not get sick because the red plasma sheet was made out of infrared light and infrared light heals and i have i think we talked about this i have a lamp here let me see let me see if it's i don't know if you can see it but this is just a regular bulb it's infrared it's like a hundred bulb so I use you know it. what I think we did talk about this, but you never like, showed it to me before. Now is that like what does that do? The infrared does that help you? Does that heal you? Yeah, it uh, and it, this is proven. You can go and find you can find um, lab experiments, which I also have the links on my website. It prevents bacteria from growing, so it stuns the growth of certain things that actually hurt humans and viruses. If you believe in viruses, you can just say bacteria and other critters that shouldn't be growing in your body that hurt us. And uh, it also helps the membrane of the cell heal. So it doesn't allow stuff to come in. So if you have a healthy membrane in the cell, on the cell, around the cell, the cell is strong and it doesn't get messed up like what it's happening with um, some medical procedures. <laughs> I got a question. Did, now, does this need to be on you? Like you just had it, or can you just like change your light bulb? You know what I mean? Like, like here, well, like, here in my room, I have the ceiling fan here. I don't know if you can see above me. Well, just that's where the light is, right where my hand's pointing. Like, so it's no, decently far away. Can I mean, you have that? It's a hundred volts or a hundred and fifty, so it'd be like kind of wasteful to have it too far. I mean, you could, you could have maybe a couple in. Like, I would put it on that lamp right there. Um, if you're going to be close to it or this yeah. one, but you shouldn't use it more than 20 minutes at a time, really. And people have it in bathrooms. Remember those red lights that are in bathrooms are called heating lamps. That's yeah. what it is. It's like a heating lamp and you use it for birds or reptiles or chickens in a chicken coop because it's also heating, warming. So, uh, 20 minutes a day about depending on the, on the wattage. You just don't want it to burn and you never look at it. You never look at the bulb because it can blind you. <laughs> so well, don't where, look at where it. Do you, what do you point it at? Like, where... Well, you have to either wear sunglasses or, or close your eyes. Don't Just don't look at the bulb. But you can put yeah. it on your skin, on your, let's say, you, I have problems with my back. So I put it on my back, on different parts of my neck. You can put it on anywhere on your body that you have pain. It helps with uh, tissue repair of muscles and skin. So if you get a cough, it prevents inflammation. If you have to, a toothache, it helps with your with your teeth. I mean, it's amazing. So, so look look into it. But so yeah. that's the light that we were supposed to be 
surrounded by, and that's why the eyes of uh, humans were larger and we were also larger. Animals were larger, everything was larger. And according to um, the sinking of Atlantis, which is, um, I made a video about it too, explaining the correct timeline. And also on my latest video that talks about the timeline of events I talk about, I explain exactly how the ancients measured time and, and what the correct timelines would be or how, yes, because they did measure time away, one way and we are not being told Again, you can find the correct information, but we're not being told how they measure time. It's like so, the Sumerian kings list with the shars, right? You, I know you yes. believe that the shars weren't thousands of years. So those weren't thousands of ruling years. That was like maybe a period of maybe hundreds of years, right? Yes, I go into that and I explain because there's a shar and there's a saroi. Shar is half a saroi. So a saroi, I tell you what a saroi is and I tell you where from. I get the information so you can look it up and read on it. And uh, it's 18.2, 18.5 years. And it's like the metonic cycle, basically, which is 222 lunar months, which was allegedly an eclipse. So I don't know what they call by an eclipse. Maybe there was another planet. See, it doesn't make sense. 222 months, an eclipse is like, we don't have that anymore. So maybe there were, there was a planet or there was something like Jupiter or something in the way that they could calculate 222 lunar cycles, so months, and something would happen. See, that's what that's what a sorrow is. But that's what a star is. You made you made up a good point. You talked about the eclipse, and there was recently an eclipse. And I'm, I don't mean to change the subject because I know we were onto something, but I had to ask your opinion on this because you know about the planets and why they affect us. And what I, what I noticed the other day for the last couple of days is leading up to this when this full moon was the full moon was like a couple mm. days right like yeah and we were going through this eclipse like i'm oh, yeah. telling you like people were acting very weird i don't know oh, what i felt mean. terrible it was I, yeah like me and my, my girlfriend are usually pretty close we were like really weird towards each other uh people at work were acting <laughs> weird towards me like uh people were doing like really weird things like what is that like but then it, it's it all electricity changed. it's electricity too much electricity that see when there's full moons there is something with electrical interactions of the planets that it changes and the moon um noah webster and many people have talked about the re, the the historic records where they tell you these things happen and it's electricity and it affects our hearts it affects our minds affects animals it can make you angry, irritable, uh, sleepy. I was like, I was recording, I was recording this uh, stuff, uh, this an hour long thing with the, with Robert Ashcroft. And well, to start with, I was like, my eyes were closing. Well, I was like, my eyes were really hurting too, but I couldn't keep them open. I was like, oh my God, it looked like I was falling asleep. <laughs> like what the hell it was so funny it was so terrible and i was like wow and then i thought it was it was the the day of the the lunar eclipse thing and um definitely and the moon is big it's closer to earth and it looked really red so there is a lot of plasma phenomena i've been making posts on odyssey um that's where i have my videos now and post it's like a blog basically it's really good because i can just make quick articles of interesting things. And there's like pink auroras, blue serpenti serpentine-like um, plasma phenomena that they're seeing and they don't know what's going on. Well, it's because um, we are just encountering a lot of electricity and connecting to planets, comets, the tails of um, the different things besides the sun. The sun is also getting Amped up. There's a lot of Kruitz comets coming in. There's a group of comets that comes every 200 years. And they started coming in in 2019. And they know there's lots of them. So that also makes the sun get amped up. And we are in an electrical circuitry. So we are affected. And it does affect everything. So do you believe that like when the, in the electric universe theory, does that tie into the fact that we might be electric, that we have a soul and that maybe our soul's eternal or what are your thoughts on that? Or do you think we just die and that's it? Or like, how does that, and how does our life fit into the electric universe theory? Does that make sense? That question? Oh yeah, of course. 
Well, that's really a good question. I think that definitely there is some kind of creator energy. I don't believe in the God, the bearded God. That's the, that is the Anunas and the Greek gods that were walking on earth. Yes, they were, they were human. Like they yeah. made us worship them. We didn't create that religion crap. Diodorus yeah. tells you how all of them and the Roman mythologies, they tell you that these people created the religious rites. They made people do sacrifices to prevent the catastrophes, which was bullshit because they knew they couldn't prevent nothing. No one could prevent anything. <laughs> Even if people, which brings me to the point that these people, um, they did have high tech. They were just like humans, but they were a little different. And, um, they did not have as much technology to save themselves and to keep themselves alive many times. They would die. And that's why Gilgamesh was begging for Noah or Napishtim, with Napishtim to give him the whatever of life, whatever that thing was. And then he got taken away. That story was created as basically it's propaganda. The, the propaganda was that there was no food of life of eternal life that did not exist, but they had to explain why he died, you see, in the story. So the story says he couldn't find it, so he's dead. Instead of just saying the truth, he could not live to be immortal because none of them could. See, that's all made up. That's all, that's all told to us so we could obey and be obedient little servants. And that's the truth. I like that. I, and I like we are energy. We are all are part of the plasma um, universe. We are, um, I don't know, co-creating, I, I guess we, see, that's just a philosophical question. It's, it's, and I, I don't think any of us can know for sure. We can just have ideas and speculate. And uh, the whole, um, the whole thing of we are eternal. Well, we are, if we are energy and energy never gets destroyed, it, it changes, it transforms, and we have a soul. I think we have a soul because we're talking and we're not just like little robots. So we are thinking and we're thinking very deep thoughts. And I think that's amazing. And probably animals can think of things. And, you know, you've seen dogs dreaming and they dream. And so maybe they also, of course, you know, I think every, everything is conscious and they have a soul. Everything has a soul in a different way communicating so we cannot communicate with them. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't, but I think everything is conscious, consciousness, and we never die. We continue on. However, now this is the other thing. Another, I think another lie is that if you follow the light or if you don't follow the tunnel, if you do this or don't do that, this or that is going to happen. I think that's all fear mongering and I suggest that everyone does like just empowers yourself and say to yourself, I'm going to create whatever I want to create and whatever I believe in for whatever, when I die, I'm not going to buy or fall for this or that story. Just like the simulacrum story. I'm not going to fall for it because who serves this purpose? What, what purpose does this have? I think it's really disempowering people because if you're just a, if you're just a puppet or a creation, then it's sort of like, well, you can't do anything in the game because you're not controlling the game. Right. Kind of yes. makes you feel like that. So I think if this disempowering always question, like if you learn about something and you're hearing this, this, the, this is the way life is, or this is the way death is, or this is the process of this or the process of that, or this is about the aliens or the UFO disclosure or whatever it is that you're listening or the elections or whatever. Think about how it makes you feel and what purpose could it have that you're feeling that way, a certain way, and then question it and say, does this make sense? And so if it makes you feel feel afraid and um, try to conform to something or do something that someone is telling you to do or follow someone's um, instructions or ideals or ways of thinking, then I would just be very wary about it and 
very suspicious. That's I really mean, well yeah. said. I, I, I agree. That helps. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't have any other questions for you. Oh, well, one thing I wanted to ask you real quick was, I, I think last time you were on, we talked about like some supplements that were really good that I think they were like life extending or, or I can't remember. You, you were yeah, just- Yeah, magnesium, going... magnesium chloride. Okay. What, what, is is that, what does that do exactly? Well, allegedly helps the telomeres repair themselves. And the telomeres is the tips of the DNA. Yeah, and when they, they shorten, we lose life, up, right? Yeah, if they are messed up, then then they start to age. I mean, but that's the other thing. I think we're all going to die, and there's a lot of ideas of the methods and this and that, and you know this. And I don't want to live forever here. Why would I want to live forever here? It's like a nightmare. I don't want to. I want to be free. I want to be in a different body that doesn't hurt and you know free or whatever. So. Uh, of course, you want to be healthy, as healthy as you can, and that's another story. But magnesium chloride, it's supposed to help with aging. So at least you don't age so fast or you get your minerals. It's all the minerals. And the best way to do it is taking a food bath or diluting it in water and spraying it on your body. And then you can leave it on or you can wash it off. And it's a little bit oily. So that's the only thing to know. And if, if it itches, that means that it's too concentrated. You have to dilute it in water, just like the ocean water, the Dead Sea. Yeah, those trace minerals are real good for you, right? Yes, and the skin absorbing these minerals is the fastest way that they get into your system instead of taking it. And it goes through the through the digestive system and I can actually hurt your digestive system. It can make you feel uncomfortable and be very hard to digest for some people. So it's just better to do it instead of taking magnesium supplements. That's what I'm trying to say. You just put it on your skin that way. I wanted to ask you: Did you have you ever heard of? Um, it's, it's called S H I L A J I T Shilajit. It's like a Ayurvedic trace mineral from the Himalayan mm. mountains. Have you ever heard of this? Well, I know a lot about Ayurvedic medicine, and I know it's really great. But I'm sure they have a lot of different. Um, yeah, this stuff looks like tar. You know, I I, I, uh, I got a sponsorship. Tar? And they, they, this company that's called Healthy Nutrition, so they, they, I, I, I tried it myself and it gives me like a little boost of energy and it's supposed to be good for, like really good for like cancer and stuff. I don't push it because I'm not like that. I won't push stuff. I just put the link in the description yes. if people good. want to buy it. But still, like, are these Ayurvedic techniques good? Is this something that I should be like happy about? I mean, I don't know much about supplements, like, but are the Ayurvedic stuff pretty good then? Well, what I do with the Ayurvedic medicine is use food and spices for medicine. And then you have to do a test called the dosha test online. And it's free. You can find it free in many places. You don't have to fill out any information in many places. Some places ask you for your email, but you don't have to just find the ones that you can just have the questionnaire or print it or do it online, like just read it and add it up. And then you get your result. And then there is three body types, basically, or doshas. And depending on what your body type is or where it's actually out of um, balance, because the best thing is to be 30% of each or 33% of each. So you're like balanced. But if you're like one more than the other, that means that you have too much fire or too much uh, of one of the elements. And, um, and then you eat certain foods. It tells you there what you should be eating and avoiding other foods. And that's how you actually get your body in balance. So all the foods are out there, even if they're healthy, even supplements, they're not for everyone because we are all different and we have different weaknesses or strengths or body types, personalities. So everything acts differently because everybody has like a different body chemistry, right? Yeah. Personality and yeah. That's so interesting. Um, the uh, the one question I wanted to ask you about was, I, I forgot to ask you this before we finish up. Like, what are your thoughts on what the psychic abilities of our ancient ancestors were? Do you think they were more connected? And do you think they maybe talked telepathically? Or what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's good you ask, because when we were allegedly in the red infrared light, we could see different types of um, electric, well, light uh, what do you call it? Frequencies or light scales. Yeah. So we could see probably auras and then we could understand how people were feeling or animals. 
instead of talking but i have to say that um hmm, the morality of people it doesn't seem i mean if it was the anunnats well you know how they were behaving since they arrived so i would say no <laughs> no okay. but maybe we had a little bit more of like uh we could sense just like be more clear sentient because we had these different it's just like now when people use uh, the night vision yeah you could probably see things like that and see things that we don't see anymore yeah, I, it's it's because of, of, of the electromagnetic light spectrum, I've been told. Like, we only see, like, it's something very low. It's like, we only see, like, 1% or 5% of the electromagnetic light spectrum. So our vision is very limited. We only hear a certain thing. Somebody told me that they put plants under a microphone. They did tests. And when they cut yeah. the leaves or whatever, the you could hear the plants screaming under the microphone. Like, yes, and really- plants actually learn how to sing and play music read uh, or go there are several youtube videos called the plants or the plants of damanhur the singing plants of damanhur which is somewhere in um, croatia i believe and just the secret life of plants look up that or plants learning how to sing just browse for that i mean it's incredible how much consciousness conscious life can be in plants they learn you know they communicate them the what is it mycelium underneath the trees transport information and nutrients to whomever needs it the most so they're working together unlike humans <laughs> they work together and try to help each other but they learn how to play music they taught them how to play music and yeah they feel fear and um that's amazing mm-hmm. but do you, do you it makes you think do you think that we're desensitized to these things on purpose like it's part of the game like like for example like we can't hear plants for some reason so we eat them more but we have to eat like it's like you know we have to yeah that's the sad part even if you're a vegan then you know all this stuff and you go oh crap i'm gonna hurt the grass or i'm gonna hurt the plant well it's just it's it's tough it's just a very tough place because yeah you do need to eat each other to survive unfortunately either if it's a plant or an animal so do you think that's part of the game like the the, the part of the the thing that makes this place miserable or what i mean like because it's it's very strange mm-hmm. right that we have to feast on we have to ravage other things to survive yeah. and then it makes us have maybe it maybe makes us have guilt or something like that or and that makes me think that makes me think that this maybe is some kind of simulation or game or something. it's weird right I don't, I don't know I, I can't be sure well more than a simulation i think it's just an experience like the hindus would say it's just an experience they would call it maya and just by that name that would mean this is not it this is not everything this is just an experience you're not just this, you are more than this, you're, you're in this body, having an experience. Now, for what reason that is, that is a good question, because some people say in the Hindu, well, even the Hindus, they say some of their, um, well, their spiritual teachings say, if you're already perfect, because they teach you, you are already perfect, you already have everything you need, you don't need anything. So if that is the case, why are we here? because we are already perfect, so there's nothing to learn. So that is a little bit uh, discombobulated, uh, contradictory information. It's just, a, I don't know, you have to ask yourself, there's many theories, you know, there's the theories that we are young souls or old souls, we come here to learn, or we, it's karma, and you're paying back what you did, which is horrible to me, I think that's a trap, I think that's like a, a trap. I don't think, I don't think these people believed it anyways. The people what do you who think came of, up with this, Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, I got to get your opinion on this. I was going to say, what do you think about the reincarnation trap like theory? Well, I think it's a trap. Do you really think the people in charge, who I'm sorry to say are part of the bloodlines who created these constructs or these uh, theories like Buddha, like Buddha and all the Buddha, actually Buddha didn't even create this. If you read the Puranas, I hope everyone goes and read the Puranas and the Ramayanas and all the Hindu texts that you can find, you're going to see that they were not saying anything that we are being taught that they were saying. They were not. This is all like created, like, I don't know, some hundreds of years ago. Wow. And it makes you wonder, it's like, why? Okay, so if they don't believe it, if they don't believe it, why am I gonna believe? 
why should I believe it? Because I believed it before. See, I was in the 2012, which is being repeated again, uh, train, train wreck. <laughs> well, it was a train wreck because I was ready to ascend. I was expecting to go to 5D. I was expecting the age of Aquarius. Everything that they're saying now, it was 10, 12 years ago. They were saying the same thing. And what happens when you have all these expectations and it doesn't happen? Well, you get frustrated and you get disappointed and you get very depressed. So it's like, I have, I'm not a bad person because that didn't happen, but I don't fall for things that are promises that might not come about. And then I'm, especially I went to read the, the text. I went to read and I'm like, holy moly, they are not saying what they, what they were teaching me in my uh, ashram and these gurus. They are not saying in the text anything, not even close to what they were telling us now. So that should make you wonder. That should make you wonder, uh, is it a carrot on the stick? It's, it's like a carrot on the stick, I'm telling you, because if you tell people, oh, you better be good because otherwise you're going to um, have to reincarnate and come and pay your dues. But there are jerks themselves. Why should I believe them? If yeah. they don't believe in it. That's, that's it, it a good looks, point. It's like they're, they're living like this, this is it. This is it. And there's nothing after here. And who cares? You know, I don't care. I'm just going to try to be a jerk. I'm going to step over everyone. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be powerful. And really, that's that's what's going on. I mean, it's I, I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer or like <laughs> in anyone's parade. But I think that if we empower ourselves and uh, finding what's going on on this planet, it's actually very cool. Maybe that's why we come here. To, it's like a trick. See if you can see through the lies and th see through the deception. And maybe it's just like a fun thing that we do. I mean, fun, I don't think it's fun, really. But it's like a very twisted thing we do. Well, or just, if we do decide to come here, because it is very painful, of course. What are your thoughts, real quick? I just want to get your opinion. Like, what do you think about like the paranormal? Because like it seems like that, like that, like the like, spirits are like a real thing. Like, it, I mean, like I, there's, it's hard because like okay, people get EVPs, right? And mm -hmm. then there are some real cases of maybe some hauntings and some exorcisms, but I've never seen one personally. But mm -hmm. I, I love to study that stuff because like when I when I hear a case that's really good. I, I tend to believe it, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm weird because I'm skeptical, I'm, but I'm really open-minded and I, I, I want to believe, I guess, but like, what are your thoughts on, I mean, I'm, I've never talked to you about this before, but I love your theories on everything. So I just wanted to ask you, like, what are your thoughts on the paranormal? Well, definitely there's something else that we cannot see for sure. And there are probably there are entities. And I think that when people are doing certain drugs, they, bring down their psychic walls or when people are drinking too much or when you don't have, you know, control over your mind. You know, I think that we are in this body and we are feeling our, we are able to see and sense the world through our brain, right? If we didn't have the brain, then we're brain dead and then we can't, we can't uh, interact. We cannot sense or do anything. So, maybe we're not the only ones i think definitely i've seen people act really creepy and really weird and um i've had a little experience kind of i, I don't know exactly i've been thinking about it what it meant but it certainly felt like there was some energy that was um now i have to say also remember we have the power of suggestion so everything that we've learned since we were little since we were in our parents belly because we were absorbing hormones and and sensing the the feelings of around our parents we were not you know isolated yeah all of that makes us see things and create things so maybe if i'm having a an experience i'm going from what i've learned so it might not be real it's what i'm creating and that's the scary part of our brains right and our minds they call that a topa us. in a paranormal world they call that a topa that or a poltergeist right they think we can actually create these energies like right or see them as something that they're not maybe see there's a lot of plasma phenomena all the time and people don't even know what's the what is doing there 
Now, if it's conscious, probably it's conscious, but is it like they tell us that they are? Who knows? Because like you said, I've never talked to one, so I don't know. I've never made an experiment. So we have to go by what someone else tells us. We have to go by stories of other people that we cannot always corroborate. That's yeah. the thing, right? So it's everything is always like, it's good to be skeptical, always. I think it's the best thing, like never believe anyone, like don't even believe what I'm saying. Just go and read and see what I read and then you can make up your own mind and see what you think, see what you feel. But don't give your power away to anyone and just question everything always because we don't really know. It's a very trippy place, really. Our minds can get manipulated with different ways, from the TV, from our parents, beliefs. Um, I don't know if there's past lives. Like I'm saying, these people don't believe it. So that makes me wonder, like they don't buy it. The people that taught us about this, the karma um, and reincarnation. So yes, just be really distrustful. And it's, it's kind of sad to have to be distrustful, but we live in a planet where there's a lot of um, deceit ongoing. It's like the planet of deceit. Yeah, it really is. It's like a pain, and then a lot of pain comes with deceit. You know, it's 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 very weird. It's it's strange. But I think that was very well said. I guess I guess that's a good place for us to stop today. Can you tell everybody how they can get your book? Um, how they can get all your info, the, all the information you put out, your YouTube channel, your website, all that good stuff. And thank you, by the way, I appreciate it. This was amazing. Oh, thank you. Well, there's it's not all bad. You know, there's people like you and I who are good, and the people are listening that want to know and want to learn. So it's not all bad. It's just. There's just kind of a lot of bad, but there's a lot of good too. And uh, you can go to, uh, I guess you're going to have the link um, below the video so people can go to my website. Uh, you yeah. can also always browse Mythos Decoded, Tess Clark. You can look me up on Odyssey, just type Mythos Decoded um, and you'll find me there. And um, I have posts and videos and you can download my PDFs, all my books are free and you can always make a donation. I really appreciate that, but you can just do as much as you want whenever you're able to. And uh, I just want the information to be available to everyone. That's thank awesome. Thank you for having me and thanks everyone for listening. All right. And uh, until next time, and thank you. Thanks, Robert. Have a good night. <laughs>